On this episode of the Turnkey Brothers, we bring on Lexi Netzel and Brandon Vezoso. And today, they blew my mind on creative financing and how it is a people business first. Uh, the power of networking is bigger than I ever imagined. So stay tuned and listen to what they have to, to say on today's episode. All right, so we're recording. Great. All right, welcome back again. This is the Turnkey Brothers Podcast brought to you by Boise Turnkey. We are so excited today to have these very special guests, Lexi and Brandon. Lexi and Brandon, uh, welcome. Uh, they are, for those who don't know, they're in the creative financing section. We are super excited to uh, bring you guys to their attention because they break down what it means to do creative financing. So welcome, Brandon, Lexi. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Thank you for having us, first off. So my name's Lexi. Um, I am... Brandon's other half. Um, Better haps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I don't know if you want to take over as well and introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Brandon Mazoso. Um, I'm an investor here in Boise, Idaho. Um, Lexi is an agent here as well. And so together we kind of, you know, form a, I would like to say a solid team. Power couple. Yeah. Is the, uh, that's the term you're looking for. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a power couple. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in today. Um, for those listeners who are just getting started, I know everybody has an origin story. And for me, those are super powerful because people can really identify and relate to uh, their humble beginnings just like you guys can. So can you guys maybe share a little bit how you guys started in real estate and what made you even go down this path in the first place? Yeah, so uh, I think this all started about three years ago. Um, I was actually working in construction, um, was a heavy equipment operator, worked out of town a lot, um, staying in dirty motels, working in gravel pits, Ooh. cleaning out dirt, asphalt, you know, from my ears and nose every night. And um, the worst part about it was probably just spending as much time away from my family, you know, as I was. So I knew that I wanted to make a change. I knew that I wanted to pursue something where I just had more meaning and purpose in life. And luckily came across a couple of podcasts initially that, um, you know, started learning a little bit more about investing. It seemed like a very uh, far-fetched idea, considering I was probably keeping maybe $500 at the end of every month, you know, with that previous W-2. So um, I love the idea. I knew that it was possible, at least for some people, but I also knew that, uh, you know, and making those wages, I might be able to purchase two homes in my lifetime, you know, conventionally. <laughs> yeah. So yep. that kind of sparked my interest in creative finance once I learned about some of those things. And I really just became obsessed. I realized that, okay, I have 12 to 14 hours a day in this equipment. Um, I started just consuming like 10, 12 podcasts a day Crazy. and that turned, you know, to yeah. books. And I realized, wait, I can, I can listen to two books per day, which is probably more than I voluntarily read up until that point in my life. <laughs> right. You know, I, we can all say that. Yep. <laughs> right. And so I just turned the, that equipment into, um, I like to just refer to it as a classroom, right? Yep. I knew that, mm -hmm. okay, there's a lot of time here. There, I need to learn a lot and I can do a lot of this passively while, you know, operating equipment and doing some of that. So, um, I think Lexi can probably agree. I became pretty obsessed and 
I actually ended up taking a demotion to become a truck driver because I realized, okay, now I have even more time to myself. And I, I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but it allowed me to drive for dollars as well. Right? Oh, there so you go. I was driving yeah. around looking for distressed properties um, and learning the whole time. That's so. fantastic. You know, whenever people approach us and like and ask us, how can we get started? What's one thing we can do today? And a lot of people, not just us, talk about investing in yourself, you know, getting out there, getting the knowledge, getting the education, you know, buying the books and just pouring through it because it's like a muscle you exercise. Once you start going, you kind of get addicted to it and you're like, wow, this is actually working and I'm making progress. That's huge. Lexi, do you have anything to add? How did, how were you involved in, in this sort of process and how did you get involved, you know, with this addiction that Brandon is sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So I was kind of also in like a dead end job at the time. I was yeah. a bartender, which there's only so much you can scale and make in that industry as well. And I didn't really know what was next for me either. So Seeing him dive into this, um, one thing that we did, I remember we, you know, were replacing regular TV with like YouTube videos yeah. and, um, you know, listening to podcasts that way. So even though he had more time in his job than I did to learn about all this stuff, it was kind of cool because we'd be at home, you know, for the few hours that we were um, and just watching YouTube videos and growing that way. Um, so, yeah, we also it's kind of funny. We started flipping furniture. That was kind of I feel like. Our stepping stone. This is kind of random. I don't know if people know this. Gateway about us. drug. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Like, it was. I don't know. We went from doing that to flipping houses, which is hilarious. But yeah, we'd find like distressed furniture, and I'd fix it up and resell it for wow. like profit. So we were doing that, and kind of while I was doing that, learning in the background about real estate as well. Yeah, I so, love how you guys not only took your time, but also your boss's time to educate <laughs> yourself. Now, Brandon, I want to go back to you were talking about um, driving for dollars. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Yeah. So driving for dollars essentially is just, you know, driving around looking for distressed properties, mm -hmm. um, looking for, is there, are there shingles missing from the roof? You know, are there, is the grass overgrown? Does it, if it, if there's snow outside, does it look like nobody's been in, are there no tracks to the property? Right. And so mm -hmm. you're essentially looking for, um, it may just be a vacation home for someone and they don't utilize it, but there's, that's what we're, you're trying to do is solve a problem, right? So you're essentially looking for just any signs of distress or somewhere where you can go provide a solution to someone. Mm -hmm. Because I know personally, if I had a vacant home that's sitting, I'm paying taxes, insurance on it, right. it's not going to fix itself up over time. So you have deferred maintenance that, you know, you're, you're going to have to put into the property at some point. So that's essentially what, you know, driving for dollars is, is driving around, looking for those, reaching out to the seller, um, or a potential seller, homeowner, and seeing if you can provide a solution there. How do you typically find the seller? Um, so or potential seller. Yeah. So, so there's different ways to do it. Starting out, we didn't have a, a lot of money, and so you know there are different websites that you can go on. I think white pages, um, you know, different places where you can just search the address, the property address, and a lot of times get a hit. Um, or you can actually pay. It's called skip tracing, right? And so you just put in the address and. Um, it'll spit out email, you know, phone number, mm. and some some are more accurate than others, but that's essentially you know the route that you want to get to, so that you're not spending as much time doing it. You can go drive for dollars, maybe write down a hundred properties, throw that into a skip tracing platform, and it spits out all of your numbers, and you can go back and you know make those calls, reach out to the homeowner. Wild. That's huge. All right. I want to encapsulate all this because you talked about educating yourself first. Then you talked about, all right, how, what are some next action item steps we can take? You started driving for dollars. You started making calls. Um, how 
did this first deal come come apart? I don't know if you can remember what, what the first deal you did, but how, what did the structure look like? What are the terms? Like, oh my gosh, we're actually doing this. We're going to pull the trigger because, like, you know, you're coming from that W two mindset. How are we going to afford this? Um, how did that look? I guess you could elaborate on coming across, you know, Ryan through bigger pockets and stuff. Yeah, so that's really what I wanted to touch on is I think a lot of starting out, we I was learning just the concepts of wholesaling, right? Okay. I didn't have money of my own to go buy properties. And so I realized I needed to generate capital in order to start holding properties. So um, I listened to a podcast, very I think it was a Bigger Pockets podcast, and I heard somebody very successful mention and say, look, 90, 95% of people that are successful in this business, they did not go and just start on their own, right? Like you can buy a couple of rentals throughout your lifetime and, and you can do okay. But in terms of scaling to an actual business, um, you, you need help, you need mentors, you need, you know, and to me, I think taking action is huge, but, but providing value, right? Like that is, that is the foundation of everything. So I, Went on bigger pockets. I found somebody who was newer to the Boise area. He was doing a bit of wholesaling and he happened to be doing a, his first flip. And I, I don't even know what I said at this time. I had no clue what I was talking about, <laughs> but you know, went on there and said, Hey man, house looks great. Numbers look great. Is, you know, I'm here in Boise. Is there any way I can provide value to you? And at that time, um, you know, starting out, you can either provide money, time, uh, knowledge or relationships in this business. And at that time, the only thing I could provide was time. Okay. You know, so yeah. I just said, what can I do? He said, well, I, I mean, I guess you can go take pictures of properties, you know, at that time. And so I would bring a, a change of clothes with me to work. I'd try to clean up, get all the dirt off of me and just go try to schedule walkthroughs or take pictures, you know, after work, whenever I could. That um, developed into, okay, how can I provide more value to this guy? Right. Mm -hmm. And it was okay. Then I started learning the concept of wholesaling and just real estate in general. And I thought, okay, I actually need, he needs somebody on the phone, right? Like he needs, so I started just learning negotiation. I started learning the market better, what the numbers look like, how to have those conversations, you know, with homeowners. And so that developed into, you know, just me actually reaching out and cold yeah. calling people and texting, which is, you get very nervous at first, right? Oh, like, totally. It, it's so scary. What are they going to say? What if they say no? Okay. What if they say no? Um, and, and so I started doing that probably for three to four weeks. And that's when our first deal came about. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers on the deal. I remember that my payout on that was about 5k. And to me, that was amazing, right? Like that's, yeah. it's, a lot of this is for me, it was proof of concept, mm -hmm. right? Like you, okay, is this real? Right? Like you start, you hear all this stuff, you see <laughs> you it do, on social yeah. media. I even have people reaching out to me now, like, really, is this real, man? Uh -huh. Is this really, how do you, how are you doing that? Sure. Um, and so for me, once, once I had that, okay, the concept is real, but it, then it was, is it real? Is it real for me at that level that other people are doing it? Right. And so, yep. Probably. Not to interrupt you, but as like the spouse in this relationship, there's definitely like doubts on mm -hmm. my end as well, obviously, and like wanting to support you, but you're like, crap, is this going to work? Like, but you know, you just got to have faith and keep working hard. And he did like, I mean, we've sacrificed so much to, to be where we are today. And yeah, he's, he's a go-getter for yeah. sure. So yeah. yeah. Real estate isn't hard, but it is hard work for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it doesn't stop. One point I want to touch back on you is 
how you originally started your first deals because you said something very powerful. You found somebody who was in the business who knew more than you did and you just asked. You asked, how can I help you? How can I be of value? Mm. I can give you my time. And once you got in with that network, then you started identifying some of the things that they needed and you were able to provide that need and that value that you talked about. Yeah, and all yeah. those doubts, like what if they say no? You know, What if they're mean, whatever. Um, but I like that you highlighted, what if they say yes? Because right. then everything's validated. And that was kind of your springboard, um, starting with the flipping the furniture, which is a super unique idea, I think. Um, and then your springboard of getting that first deal and validating it to your spouse. Because I know there's a lot of a lot of my clients, at least, they, there's one or the other that's on board and they're like, how do I get my spouse on board? And it's like, well, education mitigates risk, you know, and it's a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of love. Um, but it's cool that you guys were on board, you know, from the beginning yeah. uh, with each other. Yeah. All right. So most people talk about capital. How can I finance these deals? How can I do this? There's no way, you know, I could never do any of that. Like I don't make enough money. And we talk about the different forms of financing. You got your Freddie Mac, uh, Freddie Mac federally backed securities. You've got VA home loans. You've got FHA loans. You've got some state programs. But then you also have private money and hard money. And for those who don't know, private money is like, you know, going to your your parents and asking for a loan, or you have hard money going to a company like Certain Lending or or My Investor Loan, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Um, but there's also like the creative side and doing subject too. So when you guys and you can elaborate more than I know about this, but closing this first deal for those people listening, like I'm sure it's going through their mind, like it is mine right now. How can you fund this? Are there terms that you're meeting? Are there, or maybe you just generally talk about how you structure a deal like that. Well, I think starting out, it was wholesaling them first, right? To get some capital, at least for maybe a down payment or something like that. Um, there are multiple ways. Private money, I think that was mind-blowing to me just to see how many people out there are willing to lend, especially mm -hmm. in this environment right now, this high inflation in, you know, environment mm -hmm. that we're in. Most pe There's a lot more people than, than you think that have money sitting around in a savings account making 0.01% or yeah. whatever it is right now, <laughs> yep. right? Or so, money in their homes, right? Like especially exactly. in our market, they have they bought back in 2012 and now they have $60,000 or $600,000 sitting in their home, their private re or primary residence. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you can arbitrage that. Say you went and got a home equity line of credit at five to six percent. You could lend that out pretty easily at ten to twelve percent, and your equity is always, you know, making money regardless of what the market's doing, mm -hmm. which is, you know, pretty pretty cool. That's you know, really cool. Eyes. Yeah. Um, and you know, then there again, there's there's other people that just don't know what's possible. I've been to a lot of self-directed IRA meetups, which is I think is a great place to find, okay. you know, yep. uh, private lending, where there are, you know, doctors, attorneys, different professionals that want to see a return on their money. And they're not, they're not secured, right? Like, that's the great part about private lending is you're secured by a physical asset. So if you're lending, say, or you say you have your money in the stock market, people right now lately have not been doing very well. And your only option is to either sell low, and lose money or just wait until the market recovers. Well, if you're approaching retirement, do you really want to try to time the stock market? Right. And so that's a huge benefit for somebody to get a fixed return again, back, backed by a physical asset. So, um, I think you also touched on, you know, creative finance. You don't really need a lot of, a lot of lenders in those situations because the seller is essentially becoming the bank. 
Okay. Right. And so whether that's seller finance or subject to, or what we call a hybrid, which which is a combination of both, where you may be taking over their mortgage payment and making a separate payment toward the seller's equity, um, you don't, you don't, you're not coming in, you know, to cover that whole, that whole transaction with cash. And so you don't need a ton of capital. Um, you know, there's a lot of other creative strategies that we use, but when it comes to finding money, the biggest thing I always tell new people is if you can find a deal, you'll have no problem finding money. Nice. Right? Okay. So that's, yeah. that's huge. That's awesome. All right. Um, so clearly you've, you've found something that works. Um, can we kind of go forward and and how where that's gotten you today? Because I'm sure you've found not only how to leverage money, but now leverage other people's time, and how important that is. Uh, you built a rock star team around you. Um, how does how does that transition look like? Where you're, you know, wholesaling, closing one deal to now doing multiple deals and breaking off and doing your own thing. Yeah, I think building a team is you can only do so much as an individual, right? Like it got to the point where I was closing, I don't know, seven to 10 deals per month on my own, which is awesome. But it's also very time. You're, you're spending a lot of time there and it's not scalable. Yeah. And when you say okay. closing deals, is that like wholesale deals or your personal? Uh, it's a combination of, okay. of each. So like right now, I think we have 19 homes under contract. I'll probably hold eight to 10 of those. We'll wholesale a few of those, and then we're, uh, you know, flipping or partnering on developments on on the remaining. Mm-hmm. So it's really just finding the deal, and then you can determine an exit strategy from there. But that's the great part about going direct to seller is, you know, I can I can cherry pick the best deals for myself, for myself, and then you know, it, if I don't want the remaining, it's still a great deal for another investor, and right. there's a lot of meat on the bone. So. I think that's a huge dynamic in what we do is we're essentially a marketing company. I mean, you know, to get 15, 20 deals per month, we're reaching out to 20 to 30,000 people per month. And so in order to do that, that goes back to your point of building a team. I think we have 10, 10, around 10 people on our team right now. So um, we have seven or eight people in acquisition that are just calling, texting, handling follow-ups. Um, we have a, have a couple of virtual assistants who do some admin work, um, you know, kind of just maintaining our systems processes, sure. pulling data, skip tracing, like we, you know, talked about before. And then the, I think the biggest, the biggest move we made was bringing in a COO. So I'm a pure visionary and <laughs> I like to go just start fires everywhere and chase shiny <laughs> objects yep. and, you know, just oh, yeah. go hard and, and just take action. But bringing Nick on our COO has been the biggest blessing, you know, I ever could have imagined because he's then able to take all of this that's in my head Mm -hmm. and not only make it more translatable to everyone else on our team, but put systems and processes in place that allow us to scale and have what we call KPIs, key performance indicators that allow us to look at the, the business and say, okay, this is working really well. Let's do more of that. This isn't working well. Let's fix that problem or do less than that. Uh, yeah, less totally. That. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Focus yeah. and refine. And you gave somebody the opportunity to perform in a place that he enjoys and thrives and, you know, in. That's that's huge. Right. Yeah. And it's it's all the things that I don't want to be doing, right? Yeah. Like I do, if you try to put me down at a computer to build a spreadsheet, I'm like, why would I be doing that <laughs> yeah. when I could go do this $50,000 deal over here, right? Yeah. And so it just keeps getting yeah. put off and put off. Yep. And now it's, it's just allowed us to scale 
um, have just look at information that we can easily digest and get better at. Yeah. That's our big thing with our team is get, let's get 1% better each day. And if you don't have something to look at, to tangent, you know, to actually yeah. look at and, and get 1% better, it's, it's all just kind of fluff at that point, if you're really saying that. Oh, right? sure. And so that's, that's been huge as well, because now we've gone into four new markets and I don't think we'd be able to do any of that without having, you know, the yeah. team that we have. In yeah, place. you have to have a structure in place. And, right. and it's all about who, not how. Finding those who's in your life that really are passionate about that certain sector that they want to do. Um, another a book I want to plug right now is Traction. I don't know if you've read the EOS operating system. He's read every book. <laughs> every single book. <laughs> Twice. Um, for those of you who haven't read it, it's, it's a book that structures a company. And it does a really good job at tracking KPIs. Um, is that kind of something like the system that you're kind of following? Or something closely related yeah yeah we use a lot of that um i think another huge one and it kind of brings me back to the you know the visionary what i was talking about earlier is rocket fuel right i don't know if you guys have read oh, that yeah. but mm -hmm. until i realized that you know the avatar that i am um and what my strengths and weaknesses are i didn't know that i needed to go find someone who was an integrator right and yeah. the great part about nick is he's he's not pure integrator he's got some visionary qualities as well and so i feel like there's less of a, a disconnect right you know in me laying out what my vision is here's what i want to do here's what's working well he can understand a lot of that and there's not a lot of disconnect in terms of communication and where we want to go and how we want to get there right yeah, yeah. So. he's a translator to you and the rest of your team exactly that's huge. Yeah. All right. You talked about strengths and weaknesses, and we went zero to 100 real quick on starting out and, and where you guys are at today. Um, but I'd like to transition to, let's say we're, we're talking to one of the listeners here today, and we're, we're trying to mentor them a little bit on some of the actions they can take. And they realize that, hey, um, I can't afford you know, a regular federally backed mortgage, um, and I want to get in creative financing, or I want to you know, go out there and I want to add that value. What are some of the things that you you would tell this person or or advise them into doing you know, actionable steps they could take today? How do you harness a hundred hours that it <laughs> took to develop your brain into you know an hour podcast? I think it all just comes back to taking action, you know, and going and providing value to mm -hmm. so, so find somebody else who's doing it at a high level. Okay. and you know, there's the good part about real estate is there are a thousand ways to be successful. But that's also the bad part about real estate because it's very you can get overwhelmed. It's very hard to channel and, and, and know, OK, I need to just focus on this. Right. And so that's what I see with a lot of people is they want to do Airbnb this way this week and then they want to develop and then they want to do self-storage and then they want to buy and hold and then they want to wholesale. And it's it, it's really just channeling a lot of that, figuring out, OK, who is someone in this space that is doing really well and how can I provide value to them? I always think back to there's a scene in I think it's Tommy Boy where he's like he has that role and he almost just like, you know, coddles it to death till he's tearing it apart. And I see a lot of people doing that with their first deals is they want to hold it all for themselves. Right. And they want to just, OK, this is going to be my deal. I'm going to make this much on it. And I, I've seen someone recently do that with a development that just blew apart. And it's like, okay, you have no business trying to develop. You don't have any of those relationships. You don't have the funding. You don't have the contractors. You do, you haven't even checked with planning and zoning to figure out if that's a possibility. And I think I did that early on before I realized it was, you know, providing value to other people. Right. But I would suggest, say with that development, like go find somebody who's developing mm -hmm. and maybe you could have made 
80, 100 K on that deal, go give it to this person for 20 K mm -hmm. and say, Hey, can you teach me, you know, what I need to know about right. this? Can you oh, teach me? Huge. Yeah. So yeah. like you have this, you have this yeah. little baby, it's your deal. You know, you love it, you cherish it, but there's a family that could take care of it a little bit better <laughs> and teach you how to take care of the next deal that you get. To kind of exactly. piggyback off that, an example that we have of that in the beginning, um, our Holy Grail list. Ooh. Remember? Sounds so juicy. we would drive for dollars, remember? Mm. And we'd yeah. had that whole, like, so when we started this, we didn't have the apps. We didn't have like any of the softwares or anything. So we would drive for dollars, look for distressed houses and like literally write out the addresses on like, a, I was, he was driving and I would write down the address. And so you would drive with him? Yeah. So I'd just be in the passenger nice. seat, like writing it all down. Um, but anyways, when you got on with Ryan, we basically gave that list to Ryan and it was called the Holy Grail list because yeah, Ryan named it that. Yeah. Really? So I had this list and it was probably 20 to 30. Th I drove every like road in the valley, <laughs> in the whole Treasure Valley, every single road. I had it all mapped out. And I, you know, at first was like, oh, well, I'm going to get to this list. I'll get to this list. Well, six months went by. I don't know how many homes got sold off of that list during that time. Right. Yeah. But finally, I just brought it to Ryan and said, hey, like you've you've got the resources and the team to reach out to these. And we were getting just multiple deals every month, right? Really? From this where, Holy Grail list. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's why he called example, it the Holy Grail list. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but an example of how you could provide value to somebody, you know, and it's, I mean, it's brought us a lot of, you know, awesome things in return, I feel yeah. like. That's so. how we operate even to this day, right? Is I want to just low, knowing how the world works, the law of abundance, realizing that, okay, if I provide value to you, Matt, or you, Matt, like naturally you're going to want to return it back to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and just knowing that every time I provide value, it typically comes back to me tenfold. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but at some point, if you do me a favor, I'm going to want oh, to totally. do you an even yeah. bigger favor. Yep. Right. Yeah. The old so, adage, yeah. I scratch your back, you scratch yeah. mine kind of right. deal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think a big part of that is, you know, if you're reaching out to somebody who's successful, their time is very limited mm -hmm. and it's very valuable. And they probably have 500 other people. I mean, I have probably 15 to 20 people that message me on a daily basis at this point. And most of them are like, hey, can you teach me your business? Right. Well, I can't just stop and, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> yeah. see yeah. someone my whole business sure. or sure. someone that structure. But, and so I can tell the people that are going to be successful because they'll just say, hey, what do you have any problems in your in your business? Is there any, you know, is there any value that I can provide to you? Yeah. And I did that a lot with mentors and still do that to this day. And I know that when I call them today, you know, if I have an issue, if I have a problem, something that I've encountered, that they're going to answer. And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of a lot of being able to scale quickly, which I think we've 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 done, is not necessarily knowing the exact blueprint or the best way to get somewhere, mm -hmm. but avoiding a lot of pitfalls, you know, not having this the whole way, but just having right. a constant trajectory. Um, and so I, I just can't stress that enough is provide value, lead with value mm -hmm. and know that it, it will come back to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, literally anybody could provide value. Just like one, one thing, um, I thought of is driving for dollars, you know, Uber drivers, there's so many of them out there nowadays and they could be their full-time job could be driving for dollars and trying to wholesale part-time doing so Ubering, yeah. making money, paying their car payment as they do it. Yeah. Exactly. And if you can't get FaceTime with somebody, but you're like, you know what? Let me think of a creative solution on how I can get some of this guy's time because I really appreciate and idolize this person. And he's doing really well in the space. As I'm driving around, 
I'll drive for dollars too, and I'll hand him this holy grail list, and you know maybe I'll get some FaceTime with him because he'll see the value that I provided. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get to learn while making money, right? Like that's that's the biggest thing that I was able to do is I was able to learn a lot of these things while making money, and I probably could have made I don't know another half million dollars if I would have held on to them on my own. Maybe if I yeah. would have even been able to find a buyer and structure the deal properly and find, you know, do everything. Right. 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 But it's like me and I'm saying this with quotes, giving up that 500K will turn into millions down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and so 100%. it's, it's yeah. really and just realizing that and understanding that, um, you know, 50 percent of something or even 20 percent of something is, is better than 100 percent of nothing. Right. Yeah. And you have, you know, 500,000 in, in the bush, essentially, but you have millions in your hand that's actually going to be realized because you have the education and the systems in place. And I might add, after three years of doing this, I follow you guys on social media. You have way more time with your family, it seems like, and you're enjoying life. So you're incredibly successful where you're at now. Thank God you gave up that 500 grand. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I want to point out one thing is that I just had like an epiphany. Creative financing isn't about finding capital. It's about finding people. Right. It's about building a team, a rock star team and networking with those people around you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That blows mind my mind. Blown. <laughs> blows my mind. Okay. Well, you just talked about social media and I know you guys have done a phenomenal job. Lexi, you just 10 X social media and Brandon, I think yeah. you're on there every day. What kind of value does that add to people? I mean, for me, I just started to learn like, cause I was always kind of like, oh, this is cringy. I don't want to be like, you know, putting my face on social media, whether yeah. it be about, you know, a house, an open house or a deal we're working on. But I've, I've learned that it's like people, if they don't know what you're doing, it's like, they don't know what you're doing. Right. Sure. And so I think the more, more consistent you are with posting people, they're going to think like, oh, I need to either, you know, buy a house, sell a house. I want to figure out what you guys are doing with creative finance and they'll remember, you know, Oh, I just saw Lexi post about, you know, this house that they're working on and let me reach out to her. Okay. Um, so being consistent with it and you've been really good about being consistent with it as well. Um, at least for me, it's like at least once or twice a week post on there. Um, just tell me what you're doing. Um, when we started doing that more, we've had so many more people reaching out about wanting to invest their money or how could they get started in this business or yeah. I mean, I don't know if you yeah, want I just think just letting people know what you're doing, you know, even if you're starting out and you're not doing a lot, like let people know that I'm looking to buy homes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I've heard countless stories of, oh, I, I posted this, you know, this post about me wanting to buy a home and my grandma's friend or my doctor's friend or whoever, oh, I didn't know you're looking to buy a home. I actually have one in that area or I, I have a relative who's looking to sell, right? And I think starting out, at least for me, it was like, okay, do I really want to post this stuff? Like nobody cares about what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? Nobody cares, you know, once I get to this point, then I'll start doing that. Yeah. And yep. I think that's a mistake that people make. And I probably started doing doing it later than I should have. We have found, well, last week I did three deals on joint ventures, you know, with somebody who found what I was doing on social media. They're getting into creative finance. They weren't sure how to structure the deal. Mm-hmm. And he just said, Hey man, if you can help me on this, like, can we just split this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and that's actually created, he's got a, a team of contractors that are amazing. They're timely, they're cost effective. Mm-hmm. And so it's just opened up multiple doors, yeah. you know? Um, and You've gotten a lot of private money that way too, right? Oh, millions. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say that, um, yeah, again, people just, 
find you build credibility and you build trust through a lot of what you're doing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Is trust is huge. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think yeah, if people see that you're doing it consistently. Yeah, for sure. That yeah. trust and they just know like you kind of know what you're doing, and so yeah, yeah. they want to trust you with their money or do deals with you. So but you can't get that FaceTime with people if you're not posting. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're not showing them the deals, adding the value, showing them what you're doing. Hey, look, I did a deal. Here's our terms. We're closing two properties today. Yep. Like, wow, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do right now. And my grandma wants to sell her home, mm -hmm. you know, right. and it gets her in a good place because she wants to retire, gets him in a good place because he's learning from you. And it puts you guys in a place because you're building a bigger network and a stronger team. Sure. Absolutely. And you get to post about another deal, of course. Right? <laughs> it's always kind of exciting to post about more. Yeah. And uh, so, Lexi, you're a real estate agent now. Yeah. When did you dive into this world and quit your, uh, you know, where, what's your origin story? Sure. What's your side of it? Yeah. So kind of like I mentioned before, I was in like a dead end job bartending, um, kind of trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be my big girl job someday. Um I mean, I love that job, but I didn't want to do it forever. Um, so I, once he started doing like the wholesaling and started real estate side, I, we talked about it and it just made sense for me to get licensed. Um, mm -hmm. and so it was, I think I went to real estate school January of 2021 and I got my license in March. I was doing the night classes, so it took a little bit longer, but yeah. So March of 2021, I got licensed and, um, basically got introduced to Corby, um, Corby Go. Okay. He's kind of my mentor in this space and has been awesome. Um, he helps a lot of, um, investors that we know in buying and buying and selling homes. Yeah. So yeah, um, that was, I mean, just getting introduced to him and being able to join that team has been incredible. Um, and then just for homes that we do buy on market, which is not very often, but it's kind of nice cause we get a little bit of kickback on that, you know, yeah. being the agent as well. So, um, I like it how you're, we get a little kickback, a little $10,000 kickback. <laughs> I mean, hum, I'm trying to be humble here. Yeah. But, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously I try to help out in our business as well. It's like, I'm a mom now, um, mm -hmm. you know, wife, real estate agent, trying to learn a bit more about transaction coordinating. So there's a lot of areas that I could be helpful in keeping this organized and going as well. So yeah, yeah. your guys' synergy is off the charts. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We it's I mean it's taken time for us to figure it out, but we're getting there and it's awesome. To incredible. See kind of the growth. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Oh hey and just a little plug, you can see Corby Goad on uh episode <laughs> one from the Turnkey Brothers podcast. Yep. Talks about his story. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to hear that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's good. Love he Corby. Is, yeah. He is the man. But that he just goes like, to show adding value to somebody exactly. that, you, that you trust and you meant yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So and you quit your job Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I quit my W2, like the bartending stuff in July of 2021. And really the main reason for that, we actually had a baby last year. Um, so I was six, seven months pregnant, I think. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm done with this yeah. and I'm going to just dive full time into real estate, which was scary for sure. But, um, it's been such a blessing and I just feel really grateful that I'm able to be, you know, with my daughter sure. and yeah. our daughter and, uh, yeah, do real estate stuff as well. I mean, it's hard to balance it all sometimes, but amazing. So yeah, and again, the cool thing about you guys both being in the space is you have so much time, so much family time, yeah, and you're always able to invest in your daughter, which is your first primary job. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's cool because I never thought that I would be able to do that. I always, you know, thought, oh, she'll have to be in daycare or something like that. So again, I just am so grateful that we get to do that with her and honestly kind of bring her up in this space too and teach her, you know, the value of, you know, being business owners and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being able to do what we do and work hard and, you yeah, know, and sh she'll get to learn firsthand. So when she was born, 
I bought her a fourplex. What? Um, and the nice. goal was to, you know, keep her involved, you know, throughout the process. And when she's 18, hopefully she doesn't choose to go to college, but she will have the option to, <laughs> you know, she can do a cash out refinance at that mm-hmm. point, you know, to pay for her college. Um, or she can sell the property. She can take that money out and go buy several more. Um, but it, it's the goal was to teach her firsthand along the way. Just, you know, l- look, there are other, other ways to get there. And, you know, at least for me, what, what excites me most about this space is there's just no ceiling, right? There's no mm-hmm. ceiling, no ceiling. You controlled your, 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 you control your own destiny. And to me, that's super exciting is just learning about what I don't think you learn in school, which yeah. is you don't learn about money. You don't you learn don't. how Investing. to build wealth yep. and mm-hmm. keep wealth and have money working for you. And, uh, you know, essentially having time freedom, which I think is the most important thing. Yep. Gosh, tell me you're building generational wealth without telling me you're building generational wealth. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that's the coolest thing I ever heard. Yeah. I think I have chills. Oh, yeah. That's like the biggest value. Like you said, like I want to teach her yeah, the importance of investing, mm-hmm. maybe getting yeah. passive income and yeah, time freedom. Because that's that was really why we started all this too, was, you know, to gain passive income so that we can do the things that we like really enjoy, family time, traveling and... Yeah. And helping other people. Right. I think in, in order to help others, you have to be in a place financially where mm-hmm. where we were previously. It's like we were scraping by just right. to pay bills at the end of the month. Yep. And so even though we may have wanted to help other people, we were very limited because we didn't have the time to help other people. We couldn't help them financially. And so to me, that that's always been kind of my North Star is, OK, if I truly want to have an impact and help as many people as, as I do, I need to have freedom, right? I need to yeah. have financial freedom and have that time freedom to be able and to I do think you things. show that in this this whole, you know, story that you've created. You start off by flipping furniture, which I imagine it's finding distressed furniture, mm-hmm. uh, making it 10x better and then passing it on to somebody else mm-hmm. at a reasonable price. And now you have a team where you're employing other people and encouraging and teaching and um oh, or sorry, I skipped over the part where you started this by creating value for somebody else that's been doing this and they already have a lot of value to, to share with others, but you came to them with the, with your value instead of just coming to them and asking for their value and their time. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Financial education. <clears throat> we could have a whole nother conversation about that. Um, but I do want to break it down in the last part of our segment here. Um, and for those listening, uh, I want to kind of recap in your own words, maybe just like one sentence, I want, in your own words, what you, what your opinion of each thing is. So, uh, when we talk about, let's say, creative financing, in your own words, what does that mean to you? Like one sentence. To me, it's a cheat code. A cheat code? Yeah, it's a cheat code. Okay. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I was, like that. It's what? Like, uh, go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say, like, why, why use a bank? Why use an institution when you can make both? You cut the bank out, and now you're making the seller and the buyer a better deal, yep. essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I mean, a prime example of that is I'm closing on two homes this next week that in Boise that, you know, I, my down payment on each home is $5,000. Yo. Right. It's, <laughs> it, you know, I'm looking at, I think it's a 2% interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so my entry fee, my ability to cash flow, my principal pay down over the course of, of the term is much greater than I would get if I went to the right. bank, right? And in turn, 
I'm able to give the seller a much higher price than if they were to sell cash, you know, and have me mm -hmm. cash them out with my lender. So they're making that money instead of the bank. Yeah, right. it's it's truly a win-win. Like, well, so in it's today's market, that's huge. Yeah, but break that down. Right now. Make it relevant relevant for us because five five thousand could be you know five percent could be ten percent depending on the deal mm -hmm. what percent is five thousand to this deal uh it's about one percent yeah. a little more than one <laughs> that, percent that's so, a, that's a takeaway yeah one percent down four hundred thousand yeah. dollar homes <laughs> each right well yeah. and to kind of go off of that like the cheat code statement like if you think about it uh we have probably what 30 doors you said Close to it. We're selling several and mm -hmm. just did. I would say we're somewhere around 25 right. to 28 right now. Yeah. And really, so we only have a conventional mortgage on our primary home. So if you think about how much debt we actually have in our name versus how much property we actually have right now. Yes. Yeah. And that's in her name. So if yeah. I went yeah. to the bank today, <laughs> yeah. if I went to the bank today, I literally have zero debt. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But you have absolutely. And I control millions, tens yeah. of millions of mm -hmm. dollars. In real you could probably qualify for a first time home buyer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can oh, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. yeah, it's just, I don't know. A lot of people, like, we could go on and on about creative finance and like teach yeah. people more about it because I don't think it, a lot of people know about it quite right. yet. Yeah. But... I'm sure check your DMs once you know, <laughs> oh, this, know. this airs. I, I'm yes. sure everyone's going to be sliding like, hey, I'm a pizza delivery driver. I have three homes that yeah. I just delivered to tonight. Right. Um, <laughs> but they got to go out there and, and do the work. So exactly. when you structure this deal, you know, and I know it's just one example, but 5,000 down to this person, they came out ahead because they got the terms they were looking for. Like, how do you structure that deal? Do you just talk to them on the phone? Do you do you have somebody that helps in the transaction coordinating of that side? Like for those listening, like, how does that happen? Because like I'm sure their moans are minds are blown just as much as mine is. Right. Mm -hmm. So I mean it starts out as we approach everything as a potential cash deal. Some might, you know, approach it as like a, a wholesale, knowing that I have to get this deep enough to sell to another investor cash, you know, to make a a, a return. So we'll always approach something from say a cash offer perspective that didn't work for the seller, right? He's an investor. He's used to making a return. He wanted to make X amount. And so when you can almost double that, when you think about what you pay a bank over the course of 30 years, like at today's interest rates, if you bought a $500,000 home, you're going to be paying well over $500,000 just in interest. Yeah. Right. Right. So when you can show the seller that, Hey, look, you know, if I can, if I can, I'm, I'm not necessarily paying for the appraised value of the property. I'm, I'm paying a premium in return for better terms than I would otherwise get at the bank, whether okay. that's a down payment, monthly payment, um, probably not term length because the seller's not likely to give you 30 years. Sure, right. But once they understand kind of the rules of the game, then a lot of times they're, I don't go back and underwrite all these options. I'm asking the seller like, hey, what are your goals? Where are we at? Mm -hmm. Where are you trying to go? And then building my terms or building a bridge to help them get to their goals. What's a term that you usually use or what you usually see? Um, a term, term length. length. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. I, I think it really depends. I'm always looking at what my future value is, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of deals at 0% interest that have pure principal pay down and I'm okay with doing a, a five-year balloon on those. What I'm looking at is, okay, can I have, you know, especially in this market, I want to have typically at least a five to 10 year, balloon right mm -hmm. okay. and if not i either want to be buying it at below retail have zero percent interest so that my future value when i look at say if it's a seven-year balloon mm -hmm. that's ultimately what i'm looking at is okay well i have at least you know 30 percent equity to 40 percent equity so that i can just refinance into a conventional loan or sell the property in 1031 into another right. property so, and, it, wow. so to me it's velocity of money because i can turn that five thousand dollars 
into potential hundreds of thousands of dollars right. in equity that I can, you know, either pull out on a cash out refinance mm -hmm. or 1031 exchange into another property down the road. And can you define balloon for us? A balloon payment is essentially um, you may amortize something or spread the payments out over 30 years like you would at a bank. But, um, you know, it, the, the balance owed to the seller would be due on, say, 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you might have $300,000 left after making payments on it after mm -hmm. 10 years. And so that remaining balance is due by that balloon date. Got it. So it's balance. almost like you're filling up a balloon with the appreciation of the property and then you cash out refly buy when it pops at that 10 years and you pay it out to the seller. Yep, exactly. Okay. Well, guys, I really have to thank you guys for coming on. This has been huge. I know it's going to be a lot for our listeners to unpack. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's a lot of good information. Here. Yeah, but before we let you go, we have to know what you're most excited about going forward. I'll let you start. Yeah. Um, really, I don't know. For me, I'm just so excited to see like us continue to grow and scale. I mean, just to see what we've done. In, I mean, really, I think it's been two years since you quit your W-2. So really full time in this for yeah. like two years. Um, so yeah, most excited to grow and scale, uh, maybe get a little bit more of that time freedom mm -hmm. back so that we can start, you know, enjoying the fruits of our labor because there has been a lot of sacrifice and, um, you know, change that has happened for us in the last couple of years. So I think that's humbling and encouraging two years and full time in this business. So what was like the run run up before that? Like how long were you educating yourself before you took the dive, you know, two years ago? Probably a year. Probably about a year, um, but that massive. was, you know, educating 12 hours yeah. a day. Right? right, right. That's definitely condensed, but mm -hmm. it can be done. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh -huh. absolutely. It's yeah. literally, like I said, it's about sacrificing that time. Like we gave up TV for a long time. Mm -hmm. You didn't have social media for like a full year to just like. No music. Not, no. When yeah, I at, was the at the gym, it was listening to books, to podcasts. Oh, yeah. It was to me, I looked at it like compounding interest, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can. Yep you can uh, get there over a longer period of time, but I had very aggressive goals. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm close to 40 years old, was starting with no 401k or no retirement. And so I realized like, I need to compound these efforts, yeah. right? And for the listeners that are listening or for the viewers that are listening, um, Brandon doesn't look more than 23 years old, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's getting a little bit more gray. Yeah, I've got some gray. Hey, silver fox. I'm some hair up here, yeah. So. Um, I yeah, think, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would just say I think I'm most excited just, um, you know, I'm probably, I've never been more proud of anything than I am, uh, you know, other than my family and, and those things of just the team that we've and culture that we've yeah. been able to build. Yep. And I'm just excited to see a lot of these guys start to grow their, their portfolios and um, work toward financial freedom. And, you know, now we're scaling into some other markets. So we just started in four new markets and we're already locking up deals there and, and crushing in those markets. So just super excited to, you know, actually turn this into a business that not only helps us get to where we want to go and not only helps my team get to where they want to go, but we seem to be having an impact on other other people as well, as well with joint ventures or just being able to be that person to kind of inspire someone yeah. or take action, right? Oh, yeah. I think is, mm -hmm. is really cool. So that gets me excited. Yeah. I yeah. can see the passion in your, your guys' face. This is, this is awesome. This has been great. All right. So I'm going to close out on two things. Um, what uh, is one actual item that you could give to some of the listeners that they could do today? And then how can people reach out to find you if they wanted to add some value to your life? Sure. I mean, 
what you could do today, I mean, like Brandon said it, it's like, just find one thing, the book, the one thing, I think if you haven't read that, that's a good one to read, but find one thing to take action on towards your goals. The one thing is the title of the book. The book. Yes. But that's literally what it's about. It's like the one thing. Um, so yeah, find the one thing that you can do every day. And I mean, it can like grow and scale as you go, but don't overwhelm yourself and like try to do it all. Like, I think that's how people get like analysis paralysis and Mm -hmm. just like freeze and don't end up doing Mm -hmm. anything. So find one thing, stick to it. And it's amazing. Like, how it kind of changes your life. So, yeah. um, what was the other question? Yeah. And then how can people reach out to you if, oh, uh, yeah. if they have any questions or want to do something with you guys? I think the best is, um, for me either, you know, Facebook, Facebook messenger, or Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Lexi Neitzel. Um, you might have to spell that out for people. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Um, and it. then Facebook, same Lexi Neitzel. Um, and honestly, yeah, I can, we can share our phone numbers too. Text or call is always great as well. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that, um, the one thing that I would recommend is just taking action and providing value. You know, like you have to get moving and you, you can't just get analysis paralysis, which I think a lot of people do because, again, there's so many directions you can go in real sure. estate. So sure. just figuring out what is it that will get me moving and understanding that you're going to have to continue to work on your mindset throughout this process, right? Like you, mindset is huge and you're going to have imposter syndrome at multiple times, you know, throughout this journey. And you're going to feel silly asking questions in the beginning. And you you probably won't ask them. Um, and, and you have to just be able to go provide value and ask the silly questions, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. you, if you can't find the answer, go ask somebody. So that would be my advice is Love just it. continue to do that. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Brandon Vizoso. Uh, you'll probably have to spell that one <laughs> out as well. Um, and Instagram, same thing, at Brandon Vizoso. Great. Well, hey, thanks again for having uh, for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Um, I know our listens, listeners are going to get a ton of value for this. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having us today, yeah. too. Yeah, we're we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. This was awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. I have so many people I want to blast this out to. I mean, everyone, obviously, but specifically. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, thanks again. Hey, everyone. We're the Turnkey Brothers. And thanks for tuning in with us today. Don't forget to smash our algorithm with those likes, subscribes, and sharing it with someone you think would benefit from this episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at Turnkey Brothers.